Welcome back to Cargumentative, a Times Live media podcast where we talk about all things cars and motoring. I'm your host, Thomas Faulkner from the Sunday Times, as usual. I'm joined by Sean Corson, producer of Ignition GT. And Dennis Dropper, motoring editor of Business Day. Guys, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you in the studio. As always. Thank you. And um, as always, we're kicking it off with some news. And I don't know if you guys just saw... um, New Golf GTI. You stole my new story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I got in there very quickly. <laughs> it's certainly been quite a teaser campaign yeah. because uh, just last week they issued like a teaser photo mm. of the front and now they're certainly squeezing all the mileage they can out of it. And of course, it's making its official debut in Geneva next week. Yeah, yeah, which will be now because we record a week in advance anyway logistics out the way well i mean what do you guys think of it i mean it's 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 evolutionary rather than revolutionary yeah Yeah, exactly it looks like a golf i can guarantee it'll feel like a golf and that's exactly what the customers want Mm. it's exactly what they want so you know what i think they've hit it on the sweet spot they copied the megan rs a bit with those checkered well megan rs has the checkered lights at the bottom fog lights now they've got those little dots which i think actually still looks really nice i think so too i think it's i think it's a nice subtle it just Mm. lends the car just a little bit of a, a standout mm. feature because before golf gtr is just i mean they're very hard to distinguish from normal golfs maybe yeah. because they see them on the road everywhere all the time yeah i mean they are hugely popular but i just hope so there, there was big talks they were talking about this is going to become a more pure gti going back to the roots mm. of what gti is because the seventh generation to me felt a bit meh like yeah. it was hugely capable in terms of every day it was a consummate all-rounder did it was impeccably built. It rode very nicely. It had good fuel consumption, and it had a turn of pace. Mm. But it was just nothing special, was it? It was. Yeah, I, I guess it, it just bit, did. It just did everything well. Like and like a couple of weeks back when we were talking about cars becoming too clinical. Exactly. To me, if you're going to say that, mm. that epitomizes too clinical of a car. But I mean, I felt that since, like the Golf Five GTI. I don't know about you guys, but ever since then, they've always just been. Mm. You know, hugely talented cars, uh, n- not very exciting, but just get the t- the, the the job done. Mm. You know, I think it does bring us back to that conversation we had last time about clinical. You know, yeah. because they're just getting so efficient, they're just so yeah. good at what they do. Mm. You kind of don't have to really drive them or be any kind of wheelsman or hero mm. to to bring the best out of them. They just you push it and it just does the thing. So does that make it clinical or boring? I don't know. Does it um, make it exactly what consumers want? Yeah. Probably does, yeah. Probably you does. Know, a, a Lotus, let's say, is not clinical. Mm. It's It still requires quite a lot of physical effort to drive the thing, or an Alpha 4C. But uh, is that what most buyers are looking for? You know, or do they want so. that slick efficiency mm. and they still mm. can go can drive like a bat out of hell? Mm. It's difficult, you know? It's difficult. But again, I mean, it's a car that'll do everything well. It's 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 one car for many purposes. Exactly. You know, you can take it on holiday. You can take it to a track day. You can do some um, illegal street racing. Um, you know, with a, mm. a Revo chipping, and 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 on it goes. You know, um, but I'm glad I'm glad to see that they they've got a six speed manual gearbox. Won't be coming here. Probably, yeah, VW, yeah, they've already confirmed that oh, we'll really? only get the seven-speed DSG coming to our market because okay. that's what our market wants. They don't want the manual. We won't get the plaid seats either, huh? Mm, probably not. No, no. That's, no. that's sad. 
But like yeah, that. I I just I genuinely like like golf GTI. It's got such especially here in South Africa. I mean, come on. Mm. Everyone and anyone aspires to own a golf GTI. Like that's where our market mm. lies. And I think it'll do great things, depending on the price, because there's so much yeah. new tech that's been jammed, not just GTI, into Golf 8 itself. Yeah. So much new tech. With all that digital, exactly. that digitized dashboard. Price point and, is mm. going to be very, very, very important for them. I, I don't know what they'll be able to bring it in. At, so we'll Do you know see. when it's coming here? It's September. They say, okay. they say probably September. So don't bank on it yet. There could be a few issues. Oh, I was at the, I was at the Outlook um, conference last yeah. week, VW, and they were saying fourth quarter of the year, but possibly as late as early next year. Okay. So in, initially they were looking at bringing it in September, but I think there's a few T's they have to cross and mm. I's they have to dot. A few first. supply constraints, yeah. a few other markets get a preference above us. That's how it always is. So that's it, new Golf GTI. We could talk about it all day, but we can't. What else is happening out there? Well, what's um, the most Instagrammed mm-hmm. roads have just come out. Okay. Somebody did a survey of the top 15 road trips in the world, and South Africa's Route 62 mm-hmm. was voted as one of those. Oh. Really? So right up there, uh, right on top was America's Route 66, of, of course. course, because everyone knows that. Yeah. But Route 62, the, the road that basically links Port Elizabeth to Cape Town, Yeah. Um, it's an inland route which which essentially starts it's officially called the Route 62 from Oatswurn mm. up to uh, Ashton yeah. through the Clan Karoo and it's I mean, it includes some twisty mountain passes some gorgeous scenery it's a great road and some uh, and some very quaint little towns with some eateries it's become a bit of a tourist trap mm. but it's still a great road if, if you're a if you're a wheelsman and you and you want to have some fun through some mountain passes as well it's a very good road i mean i my my, my family stays down in in montague which is quite close to ashton so you can take the route 62 from montague up to uh, barrydale and that's a great segment and there's a pass and there's like long straights and little police enforcement so you can really you know get up to some good speeds mm. not that i do of course but no no, no that's what other people tell me always within the, um, the national speed limit always yeah. um okay. yeah so that it's 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 a fantastic piece of road that um i drove it from Oatswin a couple of years ago um on my way to holiday and enjoyed every bit of it mm. yeah i every time i'm down there if i get a chance i mm. drive that road because it's it's great and never uh, driven it yeah. yeah never driven it you must do it uh, you must do it speaking of that is yeah. there Okay, like within a two hours driving distance from Joburg, what are the best roads, would you guys say, are the best like driving roads? Two hours with from from Joburg. Well, two hours out of Joburg will get you to about four ways, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't recommend William Nickel no, Drive as one of the best no. driving roads, necessarily. But Corbin's a bit uh, freer, yeah. maybe, yeah. Um, there, there's a couple of roads around Hartebeesput Dam, mm. which will give you like a little bit of a, a thrill, well, yeah. one or two twists and turns. But but essentially, you have to go to Mpumalanga to start mm. experiencing some real driving road. Mm. Like that 22 from Hazy View to, oh, to yeah. Sabi. Oh, yeah. Manufacturers love that on launches, that route. Yeah, yeah so they do. Unless you're yeah. in like a naturally aspirated mm. Hyundai product, mm. entry level. Yeah, so 
Yeah, the, I don't know. I just like from outside, from a filming perspective, sometimes we like, where do we go? Yeah, it's tough up here because there's nowhere to take nice photographs. Yeah. Um, everything's far away, mm. even out near Harder Beer Sport. I remember when I first started this job, I would go out there every weekend and it was it was empty. And then it just got to a stage where you were sitting in traffic mm. and having to deal with pickup trucks and, ex, you know, like building vehicles. It, it just became an absolute nightmare. And the amount of roadblocks that happens out that Roadblocks, potholes. Yeah. It's sad because, like, mm. we, we want to experience these cars, but there's nowhere close that where we can, like, properly go unless you want to go, then you have to book a track. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah it's a bit sad. It is. Well, we'll sad. have to move to Cape Town or yeah. to Sabi. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. We'll That's have a chat with spend. the big bosses yeah. now. Okay, guys. <laughs> That's not happening. Um, I have one other thing. Yes. Peugeot Land Trek. Mm. The new Bucky. Yeah, we, we put that up on the site oh, last that's week. Coming, that's coming to South Africa. It's not going to sell. It's because it's a Peugeot. No, because our market is so saturated. Because we have loyalists. It's either Ranger, Harlax, or D-Max. Yeah. Yeah. Think about and, it. and because it's a Peugeot. Mm. Because generally, unfortunately, no matter how good they make that product, mm. they, they don't seem exactly. to sell. People are... It's just as a, uh, I mean... It's a brand that just has that stigma, you yeah. know, yeah. and you're dealing with that kind of thing that it's going to break down. Mm. And if it does break down, there'll be no parts. Correct. And then I'll yeah. have to sit around for two months waiting for parts. And then when I want to sell, the depreciation will be massive mm. or inspiring. But you see, most of those things are perception because I yeah. know Peugeot is working very hard. They got Xavier Gabil. He was the big man at, mm. at who turned around Renault. So there's... Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. It's just he like knows. if I look at what Fiat did when they brought the fullback and they were, everyone was like, it's the same as a Mitsubishi Triton. But yet they didn't sell. Just remember yeah. that, the Fiat fullback. But they didn't sell. Oh, and yeah. you can claim... For, for that matter, neither is the Triton. No, exactly. And this, exactly. this is a brand that's quite well known to people yeah. as kind of a, let's say... It's got some workhorse applications as well and leisure. Mm. And it's well known in this country and mm. they're still not managing to sell the Strident. So as you say, it's kind of the big four. It's the Hilux, the Ranger and the Suzu. Mm. And Amarok, we want to, we want to see that in there are. because everybody always mm. chooses it. It always wins all the awards, but but it's just not, not selling. <laughs> selling. Yeah, so I, it's going to be, it's, gonna, it's good for the brand. They'll get a couple of sales, but like I can't see it making waves it can't it won't touch Harlaxi Suzu or Ranger. definitely won't yeah. definitely won't it's sad it's it sad, sad because I like the Peugeot brand I really do I think they make phenomenal cars mm. I really do they make fantastic cars it's just it's a pity it I really like is. the Citroen brand but again it's something you don't really want to dabble with because not in our con economic times you don't want to experiment no consumers don't want to experiment in our economic times so it is a very conservative market it is they tend to hold on to age-old perceptions mm. guys that's all we have for news unfortunately mm. it's a short one this week take a quick break we'll be back shortly tune in to cargumentative every monday morning on times live motoring you can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's cargumentative only on Times Live Motoring. Welcome back to Cargumentative. Guys, we're going to have a little discussion because we like to do that in segment two. And Dennis actually brought this up. 
you want to segue into it? I will indeed. Whenever I go to Germany mm. and you're driving on the Autobahn, every second car is a station wagon. You get the occasional SUV, but mm. mostly it's station wagons. And to my mind, it's a vehicle that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm. And I've always wondered why they've never really taken off in South Africa. You know, the likes of BMW and Mercedes and Audi, they've tried to introduce them here and they've sold like two and then they've mm. quietly exited the market. And I've just wondered what it is because, I mean, they, they have the space for passengers and for the luggage and the mountain bikes and everything. But everybody wants to sit one centimeter higher mm. and they get an SUV instead. So I just wanted to discuss the issue and, and just kind of try and get to the bottom of why for why people don't get station wagons. And for me, it, it makes a whole lot of sense. It's because people are morons. <laughs> okay. That's why. People are idiots and they should be buying station wagons. But so all our listeners out there, if you don't have a wagon, Tom, what are they? Idiots. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. <laughs> well, that settles it's, it, I guess. Yeah, anyway, 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 moving on to the next segment, guys. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just a, I, I suppose it's a big pissing contest. You know, South Africans are people that are brand and status mad. Mm. You know, they want to have a bigger car. They want to be higher up in the traffic. Um and I think they want to they want to fit in at the same time. And the general perception in this country is station wagons aren't cool and they're like mom's taxis and they just have that kind of like that kind of stayed I don't know, they're just that people have never really embraced them. They don't have the street cred they're, on SUVs. Exactly. They have seem you like seen a an Audi RS6 Avant? Oh my, yeah. Yes, you, it's you, one of the coolest oh, cars You want to talk about street cred? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but then if you look at a little Honda Civic uh, station wagon, they I, sold those, yeah? Yeah, I love that car. I, I think it was cool. I, and, yeah. and, and they had them in touring cars. Mm. But it's not just a South African issue. If you look at the States, mm. they don't sell wagons like hardly ever. Like, they would, I think they've literally just introduced the RS6 Avant into America. They have. But, I mean, like some Americans are like, we want these cars, but they never bring them. They never bring them because it's the, mostly the American journos, motoring journos are yeah. saying that. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it's very European, isn't mm. it? It's you, in Europe, like you said, when you're in Germany, like, they're everywhere, but like everywhere else in the world, are they that popular? Are they yeah. popular in other state countries? I don't think so. Scandinavia? Yeah, like. Indeed. Yeah. 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 I like but in there. that whole European, that European sector, I think it's very popular. Outside of Europe, is it as popular? I don't think so. I'm just trying to understand the popularity of SUVs and crossovers versus wagons. Because essentially, a station, uh, an SUV is a station wagon on stilts. Mm. Yeah. And, and people, I think, have this perception that an SUV is much more practical, especially for South Africa's potholed roads and gravel roads. But then they go and put low-profile tires mm. on their SUVs, which kind of defeats the whole object. Yeah, because case, it's not the one centimeter extra ground, ground clearance that helps you drive over potholes. It's high-profile tires. Mm. And the suspension and everything else that works yeah. with it. I mean, like from a practicality point of view, station wagons make sense because SUVs are higher. Therefore, you got a much... Yeah. You've got a lot higher to load your stuff on. Station yeah. wagons are a little bit lower to the ground. And they handle better. Things. Exactly. They and do. There's, there's, there's a lot less mass. Mm. Uh, the, the center of gravity is lower. It's just a body shape that, that, that does perform better. I mean, mm. if you're comparing, say, an RS6 event to a, um, sure, a, a similar… Well, let's like say a, 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 a Q5 or a Q7. Exactly. An RSQ5, something like that. 
Mm. You know, I, just, I, I would rather just, drive the Avant, I have to say, yeah, as course, from yeah. a driving point of view. And it's no less practical. Yeah. I've always thought of that, uh, that RS6, especially in black, as Batman's family car. Yeah, yeah. exactly like <laughs> that, you know. But it is. I mean, it's an amazing-looking car. And the new one also is just, like, mm. mind-boggling. And it's quick, and it does everything. Again, mm. it's like a Golf GTI. It kind of does every like, – like, it's one car for many purposes. Mm. But and when did we start to see the demise of the station wagon here locally? When did the station wagon like really like? Because at one stage it was fairly popular. And a couple of manufacturers yeah. were bringing in station wagons, and then slowly but surely, like they all just faded out. Well, I think it's the SUVs and crossovers. Yeah, hundred percent. That are, that are no. killing everything. Yeah. They're killing sedans. I so blame the Rav Four. Yeah, <laughs> actually, <laughs> that's where it started. Yeah. And then everybody's like, "No, that's a good idea. Mm. Let's get rid of the station wagons and focus on that." But they were popular. I mean, I remember my dad had a, a Ford Sierra station wagon. Ooh, nice. You know, and when that came out, that was like quite a thing. You know, it was like futuristic and a wagon, and it mm. was it was cool. It was a great car uh, for the purpose that you know my dad needed. And then we got a, um, a an Opel Astra estate as well. I remember those. Yeah. And that was a car that I took to the matric dance. And I was more excited about taking that car to the matric dance than actually the date. <laughs> you then <laughs> left the me at the after that. party. But that's another, <laughs> that's another discussion. We wonder why she left We wonder why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm only starting to Was it the wagon, Tom? Could it was the wagon. wagon. It Could was the, the wagon. wagon. But yeah, guys, like, I don't know. To me, I really like them. And Dennis raises some very valid points in terms of why they should be selling. But... Mm. Consumers just don't want them. What is still available uh, on the local market wagon-wise? I mean, <laughs> Mercedes, are they still bringing no, in? I, I actually can't think of one so right now. So the last Mercedes-Benz launch I was on, we were speak, I was speaking to the marketing yeah. director. Actually, it was quite a while back. So when uh, they launched the facelifted C-Class, we are, I actually asked them, we're like, so if a customer wants a wagon, They'll be like, yes, we will bring it in for that specific customer. Are okay. we going to bring it in? No. But if that customer wants it, we'll make a plan to get it to them. But otherwise, mm -hmm. they won't. There's, there's literally, when the RS6 Avant finally makes its local debut, yeah. I think that will be it, isn't it? An mm. RS4 Avant. RS4 Avant. Yeah. So it's basically Audi. It's basically Audi. Mercedes, BMW, they don't sell. VW don't sell. And because I think now it's become more premium. Although, do you think a station wagon would work better as a budget? As a budget car, instead of now we're seeing a Renault Travel with seven seats, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Do you think a station wagon would rather work better as a budget? I'm, I'm just oh, saying that whichever price segment you're in, it just makes practical sense. Mm. That you've got the space and the cargo capacity, but you don't have the worst handling because it sits high off the ground. Mm. Yeah, It still handles like a normal car. I mean, I'd rather have the wagon version of the sedan, like a Passat. I think the Passat's a great car. Yeah. If that came in a wagon. I'd kill for one here. I mean, mm. that's just like a really nice, you know, and it looks better as well. It just stands up. They're making some really stylish wagons. I mean, yeah. that uh, Mercedes A45 shooting brake mm. that they sell oh, overseas. Yeah. Uh, that's yes, their I word for a wagon. That. I mean, yeah. that's a really cool looking vehicle. Like that old one. Uh, was it the CLS? The CLS 63? CLS 63. The shooting brake? Yes, it, uh, it, it had wasn't like, the CL. It, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly. It's a shooting brake. It was a shooting brake, and it had like a wooden decking mm, I know exactly what you're talking about. In the cargo space, like the a, name like escapes a ship, me. Like an old yacht. It was. Oh man, that thing was cool. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I wish consumers would, because then that means we just get to test more wagons. Exactly. It? But unfortunately, our market. 
Yeah, South African consumers, guys. you suck. Yeah. <laughs> you heard yeah. it here first. Jeez, you're telling our listeners they're morons, and now you're telling them they I'm suck. I'm grumpy today. Yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> I'm grumpy. Take a sip, Tom. I'm grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd love to see wagons, guys, genuinely. And like, I think all motoring journeys, we all like ogle over wagons. When you see a wagon, we're like, oh my God, look how amazing this thing yeah. is. I, I found the same thing. Yeah, but uh, we can't seem to mm. light a fire under the public. And mm. you used to see them in racing as well. You don't see SUVs on the racetrack. No. Remember, like, you got the Volvo 850 in British touring cars. That That's was cool. A little bit before your time, but I'm glad you remember. I, it. I remember it. No. Do you remember it? Okay. Ricard Rydell. Ricard Rydell, and you yeah. had like a, um, it was a like a, a fluffy toy dog in the window, a, a sheep dog actually, as a joke, you know, because everybody said you're gonna go and collect the dogs and stuff. So he's like, well, okay, I'll put one in the car. That's a great memory, Tom. Good memory, yeah. huh? <laughs> Actually, I saw an RS2 event. Do you guys that, remember? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember that? I saw that the other day. That was like heavily engineered with uh, Porsche, uh, Porsche brakes, uh. Porsche wheels. That's the first time thing. I went 260 on the German autobahn was in an RS2 oh, event. Wow. What color was it? It was blue, of course. Oh. Ah, of course, yeah. it had to be in blue. On that, what's the fastest you've ever driven on the autobahn? Just over 300. Uh, in which car? That would have been an Audi R8. Oh, nice. Uh, how did it handle at that speed? There was no handling involved. It was just, just like, straight line. And it was just, <laughs> and it was just. Oh no, no, stable. Yeah, rock mm, solid. Rock okay. Solid. Interesting. 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 And you? How fast have you been on the German autobahn? If I went to the German the autobahn, autobahn, that would be a good start. <laughs> I won't tell you on our national highways. Because <laughs> yeah. last guy got cuffed because he, he posted did. on social media that. He, yeah. Yeah. Was do us. Very very silly. Yeah. So that's it. Wagons. If you don't like them, you suck. And um, if you bought them, then we could all enjoy them. Well, if you don't like them, tell us why. Yeah. yeah. Tell us why. Write to us. Write to us or uh, get social. Mm. We want to know. Hashtag why do you hate wagons? Because yeah. we're yeah, sitting here yeah. thinking, guys, why? And like, then the, the consumers need to tell us, doesn't it? Yeah. They need to say. So write to us. Write to us. Write to us. Hashtag us. At us. Hashtag cogumentative on whatever platform you like to use, mm. and we'll pick it up. All right, that brings us uh, to the end of the wagon debate. Anything you want to add? Final notes? No? Said it all. Cool. Mm. We'll have a break, and we'll be back shortly. To advertise on the Cargumentative podcast, simply email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. That's Smith S at tsoblackstar.co.za. Welcome back to Cargumentative. Guys, we're going to chat about the cars we've been driving and the launches we've been on. But before we do that, Dennis wanted to say something in the news segment. And then I rudely cut him off because Paige rudely cut me off. Mm. It's always producer Page's fault, isn't it? Always. Uh, always. I thought it was just important to mention mm. that Form- Formula One fans mm. have some good news in that they can live stream Formula One races as from this season for the first time. It's the official Formula One TV live streaming service. And for $4.99 a month, mm-hmm. which at this moment is 76 rand a month, you can have access to live streaming of Formula One, so you don't have to buy a whole DSTV premium subscription to be able to do this. And uh, yeah, and it's 
it's it's quite a package because it gives you all the telemetry, all the timing. You can have on-demand view into the driver's cockpits. So uh, it's quite a package, you know, for the real F1 fan. So you don't have Pretty to good. you don't have to go watch it in pubs anymore mm. if you don't want to. And it's all on demand, and you can have uh, historical F1 uh, archive footage as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd quite like that. I like I like archives. Mm. Um, if you don't want to subscribe, can you can you get one time access at all? So, like, if you, I mean, say you've got DSTV, but um, it goes down, and you want to watch the Formula One race, can you just go on and say, right, for a certain amount, I can just get one-time access i think you can subscribe either you can take an annual package or yeah. a month by month package okay all right i think it's fantastic it's going to shake up the uh, shake up the industry because super sport has held that monopoly for yeah years. Mm. now you're giving consumers another option i think mm. it's fantastic it's what they needed because mm. motor gps had it for a while mm. um and before i managed to steal somebody's um dstv login details and access their Mm. DSTV now. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I used to do that. Mm. But uh, yeah, so that's 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 quite a thing. Cars, guys. What have you been driving? Oh, I have. So I've been spending the time behind mm. the wheel of the new Audi A7. I saw you fell in love mm. with that car. Oh. Every single Instagram post was just emoticons <laughs> oh, and hearts. I, I love that car. The guys. outpouring I of love. I love that car. To me, it's impeccable. Like they've nailed it. If to me, like I drove the CLS, and if you compare the CLS to the A7, if in my personal opinion, mm. I prefer that A7. I do. It is just so impeccably built. It drives. They've missed a. They've missed a trick though. Is that they've only brought out the 55 TFSI, which mm-hmm. is the three-liter V6. They should have brought a diesel in. They yeah. should have brought a diesel in. But um, you know, diesel gate, and it's yeah. like now the devil's yeah, fuel. Yeah, But like, I think our consumers. I mean, personally, for me, I'd probably if I was buying an A7, just standard A7, I'd probably want a diesel in it. I but would too. Yeah. Regardless, okay. it is just it's it's fantastic. It rides beautifully. It's beautifully made. It just it looks the part. It's just it's difficult to fault. It genuinely mm. is very difficult to fault. I think Audi at the moment are just doing things right. Yeah. They really mm. are. They're getting it right. I haven't driven it yet, but I really enjoyed the previous generation. Mm. So I can imagine. Yeah. Are, the RS7 was also particularly. Oh, that was a cool car. Yeah. I like that. And also they had that 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 bi turbo, the bi turbo TDI. Which which made the same amount of torque, I think, as the RS7. That thing was a proper sleeper. Mm. Not as much power, but you had that torque. Yeah. Lovely car. So anyway, interestingly on this car. So that car, the uh, price as tested for the A755 TFSI is 1.25 bar. Our price as tested was 1,000, 1.576 million. Cool. So mm. there is 326,000 rand worth of options. But where does it come from? Like, what are we actually paying? I mean, is there anything so there that, that kind of stands out that... Big, uh, what our unit was fitted with, I think from reading previous um, journalists who have driven the A7, they've mm. said the, in the is this... Adaptive air suspension is definitely a box that needs to be ticked mm. from there. I've only experienced it with adaptive air suspension. It's not bad. 34,000 Rand. Yeah, it's not bad. In the past, that used to be like yeah, a and But then if you option. go scroll through like Audi Sport Cast alloy wheels, 21,000 Rand. Um, the S Sport seats are 28,000 Rand. The Night Vision Assist is 37,000 Rand. Head-up displays 24,000. I hate those things. City Assistant Package is 22,000. Like, you do see how... Does it come with navigation as standard? I think it's... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There was a time when when that was a very expensive option in Audis. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, you pay 2,000 Rand for an increased volume in your fuel tank. Like, ugh, the yeah, option list strange. is extensive. But so, if you are a consumer who has 1.2 million Rand to spec, spec wisely. But there's some features like the night vision assist. I'm sorry, I'm, that's a waste of money. Yeah, it's a cool can, novelty. Yeah, it's a waste you of can, money. You can see people at um, night. But yeah, so, but guys, if you get your hand on the wheel, I promise you, like, it's, they've got it spot on. They really have. They've, that's nailed. Like, okay. much nicer than this ELS. Built better as well. I'm sure. I, I mean, Audi, Audi makes the best interiors. Exactly. They they've got really great interiors. Yeah, yeah. they really Incredible. do. Their build quality is impeccable. Yeah. Like, you can't touch them in terms of build quality. But yeah, that's what I've been driving. I'm now driving a A200 at the moment. A200. sedan. A200. Okay. Um, engine's quite gruff. Yeah. As a package, I guess it does the job. It's, that's not a bad car. I drove mm. one, when did I drive one? Last year or the year before? Not bad. Mm. It's a lot better I, than the previous one. Yeah. I enjoy them, but I find the, the, the throttle action a little bit too spirited. Mm. I know that sounds crazy mm. from a motoring journalist, but yeah. it's just that with the turbo A charging, jerky drive. It correct. So it's difficult to drive it smoothly around yes. town. Yeah, I, f- I found that as well. It's just a little bit, and then the engine just holds on to revs a little bit too long, mm. and you're like, change, and now you're just hearing this rough three-cylinder noise, and you're like, change. Yeah. Um, yeah, some cheap interior plastics, though, unfortunately. I've de- especially those stalks. Like, they feel like they're going to break off. Yeah. The stalks. Like, but other than that, I think it looks I, good. I do like that digital dashboard. Yeah. It looks yeah. very Star Trek. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And it, um, it's quite easy to use. It's quite intimidating when you first get into that car mm. because it's just like screens. But and once you get used to, it, used to it, it's actually very intuitive. The, the scrolling, the touch sensitive yeah. scrollers yeah. on the steering wheel, it works. It's yeah. a good yeah. system. Phenomenally, it really does. Yeah. Really and those turbine-style yeah. air vents. Yeah, so I see Merck is actually cool. moving away from that. Like, is if that you looked so? at the GLE, mm. you st- if you looked at the GLE interiors, they've mm. they've gotten rid of that. All the the CLS, the GT, they've gotten rid of those turbine air vents. They actually, yeah, I like with the those. color. I, think I also they, like them. They were cool. Yeah, I like the color. To me, it adds exuberance to the the interior. Now it's a little bit more toned down. Mm. I just like I wish they would shroud that 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 LCD display because there's always that gap behind it, and in ah, five in yes, five years' yes, time. Yes. The amount of lint oh, and right. dead skin cells <laughs> and God knows what else that's going to like stack up behind there. Like disgusting. That'll be that'll be the problem of the person who buys it from you. Yeah, right? that's yeah. True. yeah. <laughs> who buys that's it second oh, <laughs> Scraping out somebody else's DNA mm, from tasty. behind the Lovely. L C D. Um Dennis, what have you been driving? I've been driving the Renault Magane RS two eighty cup. What colour is it? It's red. Okay. So so this is Renault's answer to Golf GTI, Honda i30N, mm. Honda Civic Type R. And yeah, I've been enjoying it. It's a, it's a very perky car. It's not the most powerful in its league, mm. but it's more than powerful enough to qualify as a boy racer. How much is it? It's a good question. I haven't actually yeah. checked the price. It's usually the last thing I check before I write the road test. Me too, yeah. <laughs> Probably around I'll 600, check. I can imagine. Chat amongst yeah. yourselves yeah. and I'll check because it's a good mm. it's a good but thing to know. Very similar in philosophy to to some of the other hatches out there, particularly the Hyundai i30N that I recently drove. So it's also front wheel driven, mm. six speed manual gearbox, and uh, and it's also got the various driving modes from mm. economy up to dynamic and race, which changes everything. 
um, mild to mild to wild modes, and yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it. It's uh, I think it's a proper boy racer's mm. car. Is it, it firm? It's, it's got the it's got the looks. It it is firm, mm. but I know it's twenty percent stiffer than the Magan Lux version. Yeah. But it's not it's not as teeth jarring or teeth shattering than as I expected. Mm. As long as you keep it on relatively smooth tar, don't go try driving it on gravel with those low profile mm. tires. But it's it's okay. It's and it starts from five eighty nine nine hundred for right. the Lux for the for the two eighty cup. Oh, for the two that's not bad at all. Lux. Yeah, so that's I think actually the, the, I think the two cars cost the same. The yeah, Lux and the cup. They do. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Mm. Which is which is pretty good in a world of Hyundai i thirty ns. Golf GTIs, Civic Type Rs, mm. so it's it's actually pretty pretty affordable, and mm. it, it obviously comes with all the tech. I it mean, does. I mean, yeah. I had one quite a while ago, so I can't remember, but I think it comes with mood lighting and all those kind of. Correct, it does, yeah, and mm. it's got mm. that limited slip diff, mm. and yeah. it's got the four wheel steering, which is controversial. Not everybody likes it. It's very that. controversial. I I for one don't like the way it feels mm. in a front wheel drive hot hatch. I like. Because I'm old school and grumpy, I like my hot hatches to not have rear wheel steer. Mm. You know, I want to feel like those wheels, well, those tires scraping for traction when I come <laughs> off the throttle mm. around a, a roundabout. I don't yeah. want the car to I help me turn. I want it oh. to like step out. Uh, I have to <laughs> sorry, Dennis. Go. I have to disagree with you there because yeah. I just don't want a car to understeer, mm. and this four wheel steering reduces that understeer. Mm. So, yeah. how, however, they come about this yeah. then then i'm all for it you know mm. if you want to call it a fake way of doing it or, or not it's, it's i don't mind it at all don't i mind really it at all. don't mind it at all to me it just made the coffee a little bit more agile a little bit nimble i mean you're turning you have to adjust i found like i'm like oh i turn it i'm like actually no the car's doing a bit too much there like yeah you see kind of over it yeah. oversteers, it i does do that but you much. get used to it you get used to it I to know. me i think it's great i've only driven the megan rs in lux with the edc which everyone doesn't seem to enjoy so much. I don't mind it actually. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I like the Renault Megane yeah. RS. I really, I'm a Renault fan. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just really like that car. So I'm keen to actually yeah. get a chance with it. Anything that reduces understeer is okay in my yeah. book. Yeah. And the gearbox, the manual gearbox. That's no, good. It's good. I mean, I, I don't find it a chore to drive it around town. It's mm. it's it's slick and the clutch is light. So. I like that. The purists will like it yeah? because everything's two pedals nowadays. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I drove I drove that back to back with uh, the Clio, the Clio Sport. Um, what that RS eighteen F one? Yeah, that one, one with, with the, the long Kaiser name. Chiefs livery. Kaiser Chiefs yeah. livery. Yeah. And and I actually thought the Clio was much better. I thought that Clio, it was a fun car. I got into it. I wanted to drive it fast. I wanted to put it into sport mode. Whereas the Magan RS, I just, it kind of, you know, it was like. Did you drive the Lux version? I did drive the Lux version. Yeah, maybe, maybe give it a shot with the. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. With the cup and yeah. see how it's like. I will. What have you been driving, Tom? Uh, something a lot slower. It uh, doesn't even have 100 kilowatts. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, the, the, Hyundai, the Hyundai Venue. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is actually it's that ec- that red one that's parked down. Correct, yeah. Oh. It's it's a it's a pleasant little vehicle that, you know, um, in a world of T crosses, it, mm. it makes a, it makes a good case for itself. Mm. I mean, I had the fluid model. I don't know why they called it fluid. It's just not a nice, not a nice name. 
Well, Honda and naming, they don't work well, do they? Doesn't bring up good connotations, no, but anyway. Some of their names actually are swear words or genitals in other languages. Yeah. So they're very good at that. Yeah, they're very good at that. I think they have like a marketing guy that just thinks of these names for mm. a laugh. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Um, but pretty good. I mean, 309,000 Rand. Um, and it's a lot cheaper than a T-Cross Comfort Line. Mm. About over 30,000. It's got all the things you want. Automatic mm. AC, mm. Uh, Apple CarPlay. I like that engine, that little one-liter turbo. That yeah. The three-cylinder, it sounds nice. I like three-cylinder engines. Is that the same but engine as the Kona? Exactly the same engine yeah. as the Kona. No, I'm with you there. I like those three-cylinder engines yeah. in terms of their character. They sound like real engines. They don't yeah. need to rely on on transposers and you know fake mm. engine noise and piped in sounds. It sounds like a real engine. Mm. Uh, I actually haven't driven the new Venue. I'm waiting for yeah, my unit good. to come through. But from what I've read, from what I've seen, from the way it looks, it looks... Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a big seller. I like the styling. Uh, They've done something a bit different. It doesn't just blend into the scenery. Yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. it's nice to drive. Like it, you know, it's it, it feels tight. It feels rigid. It rides well. It handles well for for what the car is. Mm. Uh, it's spacious. Uh, and above all that, you get that fantastic Hyundai warranty and service plan. You do. You do. I mean, I was expecting, I mean, because I drove the, the T-Cross at the end of last year and I was like, sure, this is going to be a hard car to, to compete with. But I think the venue does a great job mm. um, and it's cheaper. So, mm. you know, if you're looking for something. I actually haven't seen many of them on the road. What I have seen on the road is the Seltasses. I've seen yeah, <laughs> tons nice. of them on the road. Yeah, there's eh? so much action in that market segment yeah, at huge. the moment. Mm. And the lines have been blurred. Uh, I think we were discussing this in GT yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago, but the lines have been blurred because Seltos doesn't compete against Venue or T-Cross. No. Seltos is a little bit bigger. I think it's more Qashqai, yeah. uh, Creta kind of competitor rather. Yeah, there's, there's so much crossover, excuse the pun, the cross, in this crossover yeah. segment right yeah. now, because they're all these different lengths, so mm. it's difficult to say what competes against what. Mm. Exactly, and it takes us back, you know. People just bought wagons. People yeah. have to have <laughs> crossover, crossover <laughs> yeah. version of a crossover. Can you imagine bringing out a little uh, four four meter station wagon? Yeah, you know? a coupe station wagon. Yeah, like the what is it? The Volvo Amazon station wagon. That was cool. Three door wagon. Well, like a Zagato kind of. Yeah. Or an '86 wagon shooting brake. Remember they had that that concept. That uh, yeah, I saw. If you had an '86 shooting brake. Yeah, I would have signed a cool. line. It so really cool. Did. It looked really so cool. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Guys, thanks again for joining me. Yeah, I've got to call it. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, and um, we'll be back next week for another episode of Cargumentative. Ciao for now. <laughs>